You know, in 2015, uh, the comedian Stephen Colbert began hosting The Late Show. And also in that year, he was interviewed by GQ magazine. And in that interview, he was sharing about some of his life experiences. Did you know that Stephen Colbert, when he was 10 years old, his dad and two of his brothers were killed in a plane crash? And so this, this is a tragedy. You know, at the age of 10, Stephen Colbert suffered immense loss. You know, how is it that some people suffer immense loss and become bitter and maybe never recover, and other people experience loss and are resilient and find strength and might even grow through their suffering? We're in a sermon series right now which is called Frail Faith, and we're wrapping up this series today. This series is for anyone who feels that your faith might sometimes be frail due to disappointment or fear or doubt or other challenges. And if this is you, know that you're not alone. In this series, we've been looking to scripture to see the ways that God meets people in our weak faith and how he can help us to grow as well. And so in this message today, we're going to be exploring the topic of suffering. Today we're going to be looking in the book of Job, which is in the Old Testament part of the Bible. And Job lived in the ancient world. He was a very affluent man. And he very genuinely followed in God's ways. And yet one day he experienced devastating loss after loss. So I'm going to read from Job chapter 1. One day a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants and I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties, swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they are dead, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. So Job lost livestock and wealth and servants and all of his children. Can you imagine what that would be like? And then on top of that, a short while later, Job also lost his physical health and his body was covered in painful sores from head to toe. There might be some of you here today who are in the middle of a very dark journey, and maybe some of you here today who are suffering immense loss in this season. There might be people here who've lost a loved one, or lost a job, or a home, or your own health. And if this is you, know that you're not alone. And let's try to journey together um, as a community in this. You know, maybe you've heard the expression about having the patience of Job. 
So while Job was experiencing so much loss, he didn't turn his back on God, and he also refused to curse God. And so in this message today, we're gonna look to see if we can learn something about having the patience of Job ourselves and how we can learn to deal with suffering, even if we feel that it sometimes might weaken our faith. Ajith Fernando is a Christian leader and an author from Sri Lanka. And this is something that he's written. The church in each culture has its own special challenges, theological blind spots that hinder Christians from growing to full maturity in Christ. I think one of the most serious theological blind spots in the Western church is a defective understanding of suffering, the good life, comfort, convenience, and a painless life have become necessities that people view as basic rights. And if they don't have these, they think that something has gone wrong. And so sadly, I have to admit that through much of my adult life, I have had this very attitude. For many years, if something went wrong, I would become quite upset and I would feel disillusioned. I might become a bit angry, and it might weaken my faith in God to some degree. A number of years ago, something went wrong with my back, and I experienced severe back pain for several months. Even harder than that was the suffering and pain of walking alongside my mom and my sister, who both passed away from cancer at fairly young ages. I still miss the heart-to-heart -heart conversations that I would have with my mom and the ways that she would find words to deeply encourage me through kindness so many times. And about three years ago, my sister passed away from cancer and she was one of my best friends. And I still miss the ways that we shared life together and journeyed together. And so I have experienced some grief and loss in my life and in my journey, I have had years where I actually was expecting a painless life. And I was actually expecting, you know, comfort and convenience as a basic right, like Ajith said. And these attitudes, though, and this approach to life probably hasn't been the most helpful. It wasn't the most helpful. And it didn't also, it didn't lead to a stronger faith in God either. And so today, let's look a little bit more closely at the story of Job to see how he navigated loss and suffering in his life. In Job chapter one, we read, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. This is what he did after he heard about the messages about his devastating losses. And so tearing his robe and shaving his head this is what people in his culture did as they were grieving and as they were mourning. And so Job didn't pretend that nothing happened. He very honestly shared his feelings and his frustrations with God and with his friends as well. So for example, in chapter three, Job said, may the day of my birth perish. In chapter six, he said, if only my anguish could be weighed and all the misery be placed on the scales, it would surely outweigh the sand of the seas. In chapter seven, he said, therefore, I will not keep silent. I will speak out in the anguish of my spirit and I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. 
And so while, while Job was grieving and suffering loss, he very honestly named his feelings and he very honestly shared them and his frustrations as well with God and with other people around him. As we look more to the story of Job, we can see that a second principle that we might consider and we might learn is that Job journeyed together with others in his grief. A short while after he learned about his losses, he spent some time talking with his wife, and he also spent a great deal of time also talking with some of his friends. And so his friends were sharing their opinions with him and their perspectives about why they thought he was suffering. And they shared their opinions as well about what they thought he should do in response to his losses. And Job also freely shared his own ideas and perspectives as well. Several people here in our community have been sharing with me over the past while about how they've been experiencing suffering and loss in the pandemic because they haven't been able to go and visit family members in other countries. And so this has been a very lonely and isolating experience for several people here in our midst because they haven't been able to visit parents and siblings or other close friends and families overseas. You probably realize the cost of flying overseas has increased recently in the past while. You probably also realize that some countries have restrictions and uh, quarantine requirements that keep changing. And some countries have even closed their doors to visitors. And yet these same people have also shared with me that in the pandemic, while they haven't been able to travel, they have been thankful and grateful for their life groups because they've been experiencing a sense of connection and a sense of family there as well, even in the pandemic. If you haven't heard, a life group is a small group of people that meet weekly usually, either online or in person. And a life group is a way to grow in friendship with other people. It's also a way to journey towards God together with other people as well. And so if you're experiencing a loss like this or any other kind of loss, a life group is helpful. It also can be helpful to talk to a pastor or a trusted friend or a counselor as well in the midst of your suffering if that's what you find yourself going through. Now when we look back to Job, while he was talking with his friends in these conversations, actually a large portion of the book of Job is recording the, this dialogue and these conversations between Job and his friends. But while Job was talking to his friends, some of his friends actually gave him poor advice. And they shared perspectives with him that were not helpful. Some of his friends said that he must have sinned because this is why he was suffering so much. Some of his friends said, since he was suffering so much, God must be punishing him for that. And Job disagreed with them while he was talking with them. He didn't think that he had done anything that would uh, lead to that kind of experience. And then later in the book of Job, God also spoke up in Job's defense. And God told Job's friends that they weren't speaking the truth about him. But what would this experience be like? You know, as you're at, it must have been really frustrating for Job. Here he's in the midst of this suffering and his friends are telling them that he must, be, he must deserve it and that he's sinning in some way. That must have been a really frustrating experience for him. And their conversations were almost verging on conflict sometimes. But in the midst of this, Job did not withdraw. He did not isolate himself. 
Isn't it tempting sometimes if we're having disagreements with people, it's sometimes just tempting to withdraw and, and go somewhere else or isolate ourselves. But Job didn't do that. He stayed with his friends and he journeyed together with them. And for us too then in life groups and with friends and with family, it's good for us to journey together with each other and even stay together in the midst of any kind of disagreements or conflict that we might be having. Isolating ourselves is not, is not helpful. Uh, Henry Nouwen has described that when people are suffering, possibly one of the worst things that we can do is isolate ourselves. He calls it diabolical. It's a strong word. Henry Nouwen wrote, I realize that healing begins with our taking our pain out of its diabolical isolation and seeing that whatever we suffer, we suffer it in communion with all of humanity. And so sharing our losses with others and journeying with others can help us to heal. And journeying together with others while we're suffering also helps us to see that suffering is something that we have in common with all other human beings. And so God can use our experiences as we journey together to help encourage us and to help us find strength. When we look to the story of Job then, we can see that the first thing he does is he names his feelings and he's very honest with them and expresses them towards God and others. A second thing that he did was he journeyed together with others in the midst of his suffering, even though there were some disagreements. And a third principle that we can learn from Job is about his experience with God. Many times in the book of Job, Job was asking God, why? He was saying, why am I suffering so much? But you see, Job was not turning away from God or walking away from God. What he was doing is turning directly towards God and just asking his honest questions, saying, why am I suffering so much? And then later in the book of Job, God showed up and broke the silence. And then God started asking Job many questions. He asked him more than 60 questions. And so for example, one of the questions that God asked Job was, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. And so in this series of question after question that God was asking Job, God seemed to be saying that maybe there were just some things beyond Job's understanding. And in the book of Job, God never answered Job's question about why he was suffering. But God did meet Job in his suffering, and God revealed himself to Job in very powerful ways. So in Job 42, this is what Job said to God. He said, my ears had heard of you. And so here Job is talking about the past. He's talking about before his experience of suffering, he had heard of God. And then after God met him in his suffering, and after this encounter with God, then Job said, but now my eyes have seen you. And so when God met Job in his suffering, this led to Job seeing God and knowing him more deeply. And this encounter in, with God uh, changed things for Job. It actually quieted his questions, it turned things around for him, and then he continued to walk in God's ways. 
And so we too can experience God in a variety of ways. He reveals himself to us and we can encounter him as well out of his goodness and grace. And when we are met with God and when he meets us, this can also quiet our questions if we have any. And as we experience God's presence and as we walk with him, this can also turn things around for us. And as we walk with him and experience his presence, we can find hope in the midst of hardship and we can find peace in the midst of turmoil. And we can grow in our understanding of how deeply God loves us as he meets us in our suffering. And so the book of Job doesn't answer the question about why people suffer. Henry Nouwen has written that suffering frequently teaches us a lesson about the incomprehensibility of God. About the incomprehensibility of God. In Isaiah, we read that God says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so this is a lesson that I've thankfully been learning a little bit more over the past number of years. I continue to experience suffering and loss in a variety of ways, some big and some small, just like the rest of us here, like the rest of you here. A while back, someone that I was working with was acting in dishonest ways and with duplicity as he was trying to advance his career. And that was a really hard experience for our team. A little while ago as well, one of my boys in his early 20s was diagnosed with a serious disease that can be very painful and ongoing. This is devastating for him, impacting the rest of his life, and it's really hard for me uh, to watch him go through those difficult experiences as well. And I'm learning through all of this that I can't always understand why God allows suffering in my life and in the lives of people that I love. And I'm learning to feel peace as well about this realization. And I'm learning to see and know God as someone whose ways are above my ways and whose thoughts are above my thoughts. God is the creator of the world and the universe. His intellectual capacity is greater than mine. And so I'm just learning to realize that there are just some things that are beyond my understanding. And so when hard things happen to me, I don't become as upset anymore. And I'm starting to learn and realize that I'm not always going to have a painless life. Life is not always going to be easy. And comfort and convenience, I no longer see them as a basic right. One of my favorite things to do in the pandemic has been listening to new music that has been created. In the 50s, Andre Crouch wrote a gospel song which is called Through It All. And in 2021, Dee Wilson recorded a newer version of this song. And I'd like to read some of the lyrics to you. I thank God for the mountains and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms he brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them, and I'd never know what faith in God could do. 
through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend on his word. And so this song has been resonating deeply in my heart over the past few months. And as I look over my life, I realize now that through it all, through all the ups and downs, I've been learning how to have a deeper faith in Jesus. And through it all, through all the ups and downs, I've been learning that I can see God work even in the midst of storms and struggles. Thinking back to Stephen Colbert in an interview that he uh, shared in a little while ago, he said that he learned something similar in his life experiences. Stephen Colbert said, it's a gift to exist and with existence comes suffering. And when asked how he could experience such loss as a young child and not become bitter, he shared how he was raised in a Catholic tradition. He shared that while he was a young child, he learned how to have faith in God through his mom, even in the midst of their suffering. And he said that it was their faith in God that prevented them from being swallowed by sorrow. In John 16, Jesus said to his followers, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so Christ himself is warning us that in this world we will have trouble. Jesus is not promising us an easy life, but he is with us. And God became human in Christ all those years ago and he came to live amongst us. And when Jesus allowed for himself to be killed on the cross, on our behalf, that didn't explain suffering. But Jesus entered into suffering and he took it in himself. Jesus suffers with us and he is with us. And after his crucifixion and after his resurrection, Jesus promised that he would return to our troubled world to finally make all things new, to right all wrongs, and to undo all the suffering that we've experienced. Do you remember that line from Return of the King where Sam said to Gandalf, is everything sad going to come untrue? And so yes, this is it. Jesus has overcome the world and everything sad will become untrue through him. I'd like to invite you to pray together with me. Let's pray. Living God, we thank you that everything sad will become untrue. We trust you in this, Lord God. We look forward to this. And we thank you, God, that you are not distant. You are a God who is with us. You are a God who suffers with us and walks alongside us. We pray, God, for each person here today that each one here would see you and know you and experience your presence today and this week and throughout our lives. And we also pray for all who are suffering today, Lord God, that you would fill us with hope and courage 
and strength and comfort. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.